I, I, wait, I just, wait, 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 I just hit record, so one, two, three. Three. Okay, that's good enough. Okay, that was the most Caucasian slapping that I've ever goddamn heard, <laughs> because that was so off. Fucking it was a very man. tepid Jesus clap. Christ. I'm not, I'm not even sure that mine picked up over here, I don't know. No, yours was like, tip. Well, and then I went, all right, do okay, we have that to do, let's do it again. After mine. All right, cool, great. Oh, you're lagging already. We're losing the call. So let's wait. Let's clap in one more time because you're lagging. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, fuck. All right, ready? See, you're lagging. I'm lagging too? Yeah. All right, I'll let One, two, three. do slide the thingies around and then boop and then it's fine You'll yeah okay. yeah if i slide it back a couple seconds it'll be all right yeah, oh man fine all right okay so uh Hello, i guess w- what is it <laughs> god damn it <laughs> this is this is straight trash okay i know it is it's it's I hard am i lagging i need to know before we like really get into it a little like We'll start talking and then you'll start lagging, but there's problems at Zoom right now based on what I, the cursory research that I did. Zoom is having some trouble. Okay, because I mean, my, my connection here is pretty good. It's been really solid. I've done a couple Zoom calls already and it's not like, I don't think it's a problem it, of this end. So hopefully it's just Zoom corporate. Let's just say it's us. internal. Yeah, th- I think they're having some problems. Who knows? You know, people are. Motherfucker. Sorry, this stand is okay there we go it's a heavier mic than the other one so it likes to droop yeah well and it's got a fucking computer in there man oh it does oh i think that think that's what makes it a usb mic because there's a little mini computer in there you got an iphone microphone it's the iMic. yeah well anyway who's gonna do the intro me or you what the welcome to green lewis remote edition yeah welcome to green and lewis zoom university tuition fifty thousand dollars <laughs> For a setup that like I'm not nice even sure is going to work in the end. Well, where's our ring light, though? Where's Is Patreon content going to just be, like, video records side by side for, like, you know, a dollar a dollar an app? No, I know. I was thinking we, you know, we're set up now to start a YouTube channel. We are going to have to do the talking head thing where everybody watches us on a split screen with the mic in front of the Ew. fucking screen. I mean, it's super pro. We're real podcasters now. Podcasters aren't supposed to be in the same room. You're supposed to do it from two different cities with as complicated a setup as possible and hopefully uh, no. lower quality audio in the end. No, no, no. <laughs> the way it works, you sit in a shitty building in a shitty garage on La Brea and shout at each other while spilling iced coffee on each other. That's the real oh, dream. Man. Well, uh, I mean, my lighting situation isn't that shitty. I brought my fucking lamp over here. I'm pointing it at oh. the wall. It's sort of a ring light situation. You're real grainy Is over it, there. I, yeah, I mean, you're. I mean, I get this beautiful view of a, a closet that's open without a door, so that's really great to look at. That's really yeah. Sick. That closet. That closet doesn't have a door. Uh, I'm currently I'm currently splitting it between um, all my worldly clothing possessions and Ron's football jerseys. So how that's many what's going jerseys on over here. does he have? You know, uh, at a at a quick glance, he's got about seven. It looks like over there, maybe more actually. But okay. I think some of them are suit jackets in plastic. It's hard to tell. Huh. You just looked horrified mm. at the idea of suit jackets in plastic. It's very bad for the for the garment. It's very bad. That's how moisture gets trapped in the moths and mold, and it's very sad. Oh well, it's very, I don't very know. Sad. He's had these jackets since 1992. I don't think it's that big of a deal if they're taken out. In the moth pocket. Oh, I think then the mildew's doing you a favor, doing him a favor. Then I think that's okay. 
You know, I'm very Shit. tempted. I can't because of our complicated setup here, but I'm very tempted to turn the computer and show you what's going on up here because my little uh, my little abode in Ron's attic is about the size of our apartment before. I got I've a fucking king-sized bed right over here. I have a second I see bed. The, I see the four-poster, yeah. I have a second bed right next to me in case I feel like sleeping in a single for whatever reason. Ew, it's kind of no. appropriate. I mean, you're demurring, but like I have my whole little incel cave set up over here. I have a folding table with Ugh. my computer and my entire podcast set up uh, for perpetuity, which is really nice. I got perpetuity? Fucking, oh, yeah. I got my jewel charger over here. I got a power strip with an iPhone charger. I got my lamp. I got everything I need. Oh, so you, except so you didn't I, buy the chair. No, I didn't, buy, didn't the buy the chair. red chair. Thank God. I sent Will a picture we were talking of a couple about of, that. yeah, a couple of uh, potential chairs for my podcast setup. One of which was red, one of which was blue, and both looked like they came out of a NASCAR, like a NASCAR that was tripping balls and then uh, got contorted and fell down a flight of stairs. Um, me and Ulrika were talking about it uh, mere hours ago, going. Yeah, I hope that was not a choice. I hope that didn't happen. Yeah, that would be really bad, right? Wait a minute. Ulrika was talking shit on me. She was supportive of my red-pilled decision in the moment. No. And then in mm-hmm. private, she's a turncoat. You're a yeah, traitor, you... Ulrika. No. I'm going yeah, to Staples been... tomorrow, and I'm buying the damn chair. Do not spend $300 <laughs> on the most ugly chair in the entire fucking world. Well, listen, I, I, mean, I won't. I won't shame you and buy the nasty gaming chair, but I did find a chair at Staples for $99 that I am going to get because currently I'm sitting in a fucking folding chair, and you know how that is for me with my back. And oh, I can't so roll around. Oh, it's super around. comfortable. Oh, it's it's horrible. It's a metal folding chair. Luckily, it has a pad on the bottom, but man, it's killing me right now. I mean, I didn't toss your uh, actual desk chair because I needed a uh, office chair for the time being. So all of your discarded furniture is now my office furniture. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, well, that was the idea. I I only regret that I didn't take that fucking chair. It's the one thing I regret not taking. The chair and the bidet. I would literally kill you if you took the bidet. There would be so much murder because I woke up this morning sans toilet paper and was like god who's supposed to get the toilet paper oh fuck it's it's me it's 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 me i have to do that fuck. yeah that was never me fuck <laughs> but it, but it's always me but it's like extra me and now i'm like oh fuck. god damn it like well hey man you can go toilet paper free i mean you could just bidet all day you know what i mean you don't you really gotta dry off it. you can't have eh, you can't have a drippy hole you know what you could do it a uh, super euro style and get a washable cloth I'm not. No, that's gross. No, <laughs> no, I don't need like a little like brown, like poopy towel constantly drying over a a tub. That's gross. I don't know. I'm not well, that person. No, you know, you put it away when guests come over. I don't know. They sell them. Tushy does sell like bamboo colored towels that are like just a certain shade of brown. And I'm like, absolutely not. That's disgusting. That's Disgusting. even grosser to me. I mean, shit is not bamboo colored, let's be honest. Not most of the time, unless you've been eating a lot of chicken korma. You sh- it, it's a dietary problem if you're like, if khaki is uh, expelled from you. That's not good. That's very, <laughs> yeah. very bad. That's very, very bad. You know, I was just looking at my phone a second ago because I was making a list the first couple days I was here of things that I miss from New York. And I only mm-hmm. I only got up to two things, and it was the bidet and steam heat. Because I will tell you what, Ron is an old man. He runs hot, and this house is cold as fuck. And it's colder yes, over all here. old people do this. Yes. I hate this, man. I, right now I'm comfortable because it kind of warmed up today, but I've been wearing double sweater and having this heater going all the time. What? It's not that yeah, cold there. Oh, but, dude, Ron thinks like 66 is warm. It is. No, it's not. I roll That's... with the air conditioner on. Air conditioner has been in, on in car when it's been 72, and I'm like, yep, too swampy. Nope, got to have the cold. Well, we've been through this when we were driving around. You love to keep the air conditioning on even on the nicest of days. You could live in Southern California where it's 72 degrees all the time, and you would do nothing but leave the air conditioning on with the windows up. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, fuck, fuck a convertible. No, no. We need an SUV with 
air conditioning running all the time so it wastes even more gas so I can, you know, <laughs> fill that tank up and guzzle that shit down. <laughs> um no, it's it was like it's been weird here where it does this thing where it's like foggy in Brooklyn but like sunny and like swampy in Manhattan and you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. Like I left today to go to B and H and was like, do to do gonna wear my rain jacket, which obviously breathes uh really well. Um and then when I popped up uh in beautiful uh what's it called? Thirty fourth Street, Penn Station. Beautiful Penn Station. Smells amazing. So mm-hmm. nice. I was like, oh, it's swamp ass out here. Like, ugh. So I, uh, there's no way to gauge it at this point. We're in that part of New York autumn. Yeah, I mean, th- that sucks in some ways because it's difficult to dress. But, I mean, that's the new situation, right? I mean, all winter it's going to be like that. That's kind of how it is there now. I'm having the opposite situation yeah. where, frankly, Cleveland is getting fucking cold already. And it's been raining for seven days. And oh yeah, you know it's in the 40s. It maybe hits the 50s during the day. Yeah, man, it sucks. It's supposed to be 72 tomorrow for some inexplicable reason, and then it's going back down to 40 again. But I actually think we're gonna get a fucking snowy, real ass winter over here. So I gotta. Is get this used what to we're that, doing? A real? Are we really talking about the weather? On yeah, this we're podcast? talking about the really? weather. The Welcome weather. to the weather report. The weather. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's several things that have happened in the world um, that, oh, fuck, did I take screenshots? I mean, I do have a rant to go on later at some point because it's going to be really fun. But your beloved, uh, uh, one of your Star Treks is getting rebooted with the people. Deep Space wait, Nine, wait, I believe. what? You're breaking this news yeah. to me right now? I did not know this. Which one? Uh, the one with, uh, what's his face? Avery, whatever. No, Deep Space Nine is getting rebooted. Are you fucking kidding me? Potentially like a little limited series or something. This Holy is why you got to read the Google news. You don't you can't read your like, you know, deep dark web shit. You sometimes got to dip your toes in the stupidity that shows up in Google cuz that's where it's going to be. Oh my god. Well, thank you for telling me. I'm very excited that it's Deep Space Nine, but I'm a little terrified given that the Starbeck, uh, Starbeck, Star Trek reboots of late have been god-awful. The Picard one sucks. Star Trek Discovery sucks. If they ruin Deep Space Nine, I'm going to be very upset. I would rather them not bring it back than fucking ruin it with some bullshit. But if it's the original cast, I, I will reluctantly encourage it. They'll have to pay them a lot of money, like a lot of money to do all that shit and get back in the back in the geesh to like do that. But they have it. It's not as if they don't have it. So I don't I don't think that'll be a problem. I don't think they will have to pay those actors a lot of money because none of those people are working. And also it begs the question, Odo, Rene Abergeois is dead. So I don't know what they're gonna do about him. Maybe they'll CGI Odo. He had enough. He had enough prosthetics that they can just slap some bald man. I mean, I could do it. Shit, like I could just put on an affectation of, oh, then I turn into the goo, and like we'd be <laughs> fine. Like it's not hard to like you know smush someone's face and be like, yeah, that's him. That's close enough. Mm. Well, as they say, winter is coming, and if you pack in a little bit more Mac, I mean, your face is gonna blend <sighs> right into Odo one way or the other. Just shave that beard off. I don't you can start to, picking up I some Ferengi twinks at Quark's Bar. I don't even want to. I I will not. I will not dignify a response to that. If only because my entire dinner yesterday was eight, seven out of eight pieces of a uh, Little Caesars hot and ready because I was so tired from waking up at three thirty in the morning that I was like, I don't care. This is the only thing I'm eating all day, and it's going down real easy. Well, you know, that's that's okay. That's par for the course. Uh, at least you saved that one piece. Yeah, it's my little treat for today. Did you already have it? No. Oh. I'm going to have it later. It's a treat for later or I, what? Yeah, it's a treat for later. Why not? I mean, I made okay. like a healthy breakfast. So now I can like have a little treat. And then I had like a pound of cheese and meats <laughs> and wine. On the Upper Jesus East Side, Christ. so like you know, hey, that's what you got to do up that's there. That's healthy. That's that's the native food. Yeah, two different kinds of brie, several other harder cheeses, uh, mm, and a little a little prosciutto plate. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
when the Native Americans cut that trail up there in the uh, 1750s, that's what they brought to the settlers, was uh, charcuterie and soft cheeses mixed with fruit. I don't think that's what happened. I think. Did you know uh, Dean and Deluca is actually a Native American word? (laughs) (laughs) It's not. It's very not. It's, uh, you know, especially the latter, if that's more of your people. Because it's got a, a big big D, lowercase e, big L situation. Okay, there's a lot to chew on here. Because, you, as you know, I'm immersed back in Italian-American culture right now. My dad lives on the east side of Cleveland. And obviously, he's an Italian-American. I'm an Italian-American. All of his neighbors are. You know, all of his friends are. You're basic. After this much time in New York, you're basically Jewish with that nose. So I don't know what you're talking about. There's no Italianicity up in there. Oh, no, what are you talking about, a baby? Come on, no, I'm fucking was Tony bad. Soprano was over here. That was terrible. No, absolutely right. not. No. Well, all I was trying to say was that I've heard black people referred to as Mulan Yans two times already in one week, which Edit I'm not even out. sure if I should uh, say that on here, but... Edit that out. I don't even know what it means, <laughs> but I don't like it. Don't it, like it. it. Yeah, well... Mm-mm. It's one of those bastardizations, you know? Like when, when they say uh, marron, they're really saying Mary. Did you know that? What? Marron is a Italian-American, like, New Jersey bastardization of the Virgin Mary. It gets slurred oh, well, that far into that. Well, it becomes that thing of, like, oh, it's a, you know, oh, bless the Virgin, that kind of shorthand. But, like, no one knows what anything means because no one will admit that they're wrong about any of the origins. So they're just like, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. Gabagool. And you're like, what is is that? What is that? Cappuccola? Okay, great. That's not your word, sir. Like, what are you saying? I know I've told you this. I may have said it on the podcast before, but there was a moment when I was out with my Italian-American brother, Dom, shouts out Dom, where uh, we were at a restaurant in New York, and he was trying to order Capicola, and he pronounced it Gabagool. And the waiter was like, what? And he was like, I want the gabagool. And the waiter was like, excuse me. Wasn't this me? at Roberta's of all places to do uh, that? No, it, it wasn't It wasn't at Roberta's, but it, it was at a place in Bushwick. Yeah, I don't remember where. Oh, you know what? No, it was at Saragina. That's where it was. That's worse. That's oh, so yeah. much worse. I... Ooh. Well, and of course, the, the, of course, so the waiter much. was like a cool, like, you know, the like skinny, light skinned black dudes that kind of dress like Bob Dylan, like the ultimate hipsters of all time. It was a guy wearing like sunglasses inside. I'm not kidding. Oh, and so well. it's it's oh, this guy yeah, up against a Guido the, yeah. from the Midwest saying like Gabagool. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, that guy's nice. He was in the summertime. Him and this other girl used to work, take shifts, working the window in the bar. But I, I know oh, I'm sure I'm, about. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's nice. I'm not trying to defame his character. It's just to paint the scene and say that, like, of all people, you, you couldn't get anybody more alienated from the word gabagool. And also someone who's like, I don't even care what you're trying to do, but I'm going to try to understand what the fuck you're saying. And uh, you're not going to correct me because I'm too cool for you. So fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, oh man, and God. you know what else? I'm almost afraid to tell you this because I think it's it just seems like a logical outcome of my life at this moment, but I've been going to the gym. Define what that entails is the real question. Uh, I've been going to Planet Fitness in Mayfield, Ohio. Well, that doesn't count. They They give away pizza on Fridays. I've heard about the pizza and the bagels, uh, because truth be told, they do I'm bagels there. too. They do bagels on Sunday mornings, I think, and pizza on like Friday nights or something like this. Now, this is a gym I can get down with. This sounds great. Well, yeah, when I was told about it, I mean, I think I'd heard about that in the past, but uh, my dad was telling me, hey, sometimes they do that. It's kind of fun. And I was like, isn't that really counterproductive? And he's like, yeah, they're trying to keep yeah, you fat yeah, to keep is. your membership. But yeah, maybe this would appeal oh, to you, mm-hmm. but. I don't know, man. All I'm trying to say is, hey, I've been to the gym a couple of times. I'm fucking going on Ron's guest pass. And I'm lifting now, bro. <sighs> lifting, exactly. Uh, uh, lifting what? Like, 
like benching or like curls? Are you just doing the vanity muscles? Or are you actually trying to work on your strength? I am trying to work on everything. They have a 30-minute workout zone. It's a designated zone where there are 15 machines. And you go and do one minute on each machine. And in between each machine, you do one minute of aerobic exercise. No. No. So it's basically <laughs> no, it's basically work. like the hit the hit phenomenon. You know you know what that is? I forget the what the acronym stands for, but it's basically the same thing. High concept. intensity high intensity yes. interval training. So I'm doing yes, some hit, I but know. I'm using all the machines. So I'm doing everything, man. I'm doing biceps, triceps, fucking abs, fucking legs. But I'm do not you do it anything. twice or you just do it once? No, I do the thirty minute workout once. No, I'm not asking if you're skipped. Well, that's not. Sorry, you were lagging there. Can you no. repeat yourself? Yeah, that's that's not enough. No, you have to do it like twice or at least twice to actually like get your heart rate functional. Because with if you just do that and no cardio, it's not enough. No, no, there is it's cardio. To be like I went to the gym. No, there is cardio because in between you have these little steps and these little um, handrail things that you do various cardio exercises on between each machine. So you don't take any breaks. It's one minute of strength reps on the machines and then one minute of cardio and so on and so on. I will tell but you right now, enough. I don't want to I do not want to hear this from you, Mac and Cheese Boy, because it will it would fucking kill you. I promise you. Just the 30 minutes mm. you wouldn't be able to do it. <sighs> my how you doubt my ability to throw 40 pounds for 40 pounds of boxes for three straight hours and then go huh i think i'm sweaty listen man you think it's equivalent but i've been throwing boxes my whole life too i do exercise on my fucking own riding my bike and shit i'm telling you right now 30 minutes at that intensity the entire time you wouldn't make it i know you wouldn't make it well that's neither here nor there because let's be real am i gonna do that no (laughs) no (laughs) it's just not gonna happen um i mean wait uh I shit lost the question. I mean, is it a thing that you do once a week, twice a week, three times a lady? Like, what are we doing? I I am setting my goal at doing it four times a week, but I didn't I didn't start going till okay, over that's the a weekend. substantial goal. Yeah. Oh, and I so think this I'll... is you've done this for three days, is what you're telling me. I've done it for two days, and today I took a break. <laughs> this. Reader, reader at home, do you hear the chicanery and the the fuckery that I'm uh, witness to on this day? Yeah, no, you're not shredded, bro. You're not lifted. No, absolutely not. No. But you just wait. You just wait until I get shredded. You're not even going to be able to handle it. I'm going to put myself on grinder uh, and send you the screenshots just to troll you. Yeah. Which, by the way, the five, now, now that I'm thinking about grinder Cleveland, I'm a little bit upset about that idea. Yeah, there's. I'm I'm sure there's 27 people, and then you're like, hmm, that's 45 miles away. Huh. You're going to drive to, you know, catfish some dude from Painesville? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Oh, Mansfield, baby. We're going we're going all the way out. We're going to Erie, Pennsylvania. We're talking fucking uh, Lima, Ohio. I only know one person from there, and it's not great. <laughs> you know the same person. That person has never seen a Planet Fitness, but definitely knows about the free pizza on Fridays. But that's a different mm. issue. Oh, I can man, fat yeah. shame him. I lived with Ham him. Ham Planet. <laughs> Ham Galaxy. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Ham Galaxy. Oh, boy. But yeah. Ugh. So I don't know. I've also been shooting guns. Uh, I learned how to disassemble yeah, a that was alarming. and clean it. Yeah. I mean, I'm into you it, man. not do these things. The moment I find really a job, my, do these things. my number one first purchase is a Glock G, G19. Uh, again, reader, as this is famously not a visual medium, the head, the hand and head is really uh, aggressive at the moment. Um, you may want like a car first versus a, um, a, a weapon, a personal weapon, maybe a personal vehicle instead. Well, you know, I was talking to my dad about this, and Ron gave me some really sage advice. He says, hey, how about this? Why don't you just lease a car? Because the lease will cost you less, and the car will be brand new, 
and you can buy a gun first that way. Aren't you the same person who told me and mocked me for wanting to lease lease a new car, the world's greatest drag name ever in the world? <laughs> lease a new car? <laughs> yeah, Title best name. Of best fucking name. <laughs> yeah, lease a new car. You you mocked me when I said, oh, I could I could lease a nice vehicle, and it's like $135. I mean, sure, why not? And you're like, why would you do that? You, can't, you don't own it. You know, I, d- I did mock you for it, but there's a good reason for that, which is, Will, you live in New York City, where you, you do realize when you lease a vehicle, you're still responsible for repairs and damages and stuff. So if you turn in a lease and it's all scratched up from parking it on the fucking street and it's missing a mirror and five hubcaps, uh, you're going to have a massive problem. So it doesn't make sense to do over there, but over here, hey, man, Corolla I'm parking is, this in a fucking Corolla is- garage. <laughs> Corolla is living her best life in her parking garage most of the most of the time for twelve hours a day. So she's living a really great life away from the elements. She hasn't even been rained on in days, even though it's been pouring. She's like, mm, I'm dry. I'm like, Yeah, you are. You are. Wait, you what do you mean? Good? You're parking you're leaving your car at work or something? No, but she's there when it's inclement weather most of the time. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, it's she's not like it matters at it. this point. Uh that car looks like a fucking Japanese tank that's been underwater in Saipan since 45 at this point. Okay. Well, she's a time capsule. And the back seats are turning into a pit again because I spent so much time in it as of late. So um, I have to mm-hmm. do a, a deep clean on her. because uh, There's no one there to shame ooh. you for the uh, incessant jewel pods and Gatorade bottles literally filling your car to the brim. To the point where one's going to get stuck under a pedal one day and you're going to go careening off the Williamsburg Bridge. (laughs) No. (laughs) I was... I had to uh, move one of the received paintings today and I had to put my uh, my seat all the way up in order to get it in. So I was like knees under steering wheel and was like trying to tap like brake and gas and I was like, ooh, is this what a like a smart car is like? Because I accidentally just kind of floored it out of the space I was in. And I was like, uh oh. Too close. <laughs> too close. This is bad. This is very bad. But, you know, when you only have to go like ten blocks, I was like, well, I'll make it and it's gonna be very uncomfortable. But hope I don't rear end anyone. Oops. Oh Jesus Christ. Well keep it under control over there. Hey, do you want to talk about your your painting incident? Because it was really sure. bad. I was I was frankly pretty shocked. Okay, so I lent mm, four paintings, four. Four paintings to a space, a uh, pop-up co-working space when I worked in finance. <laughs> Again, this is the last like fuck you of that building of like, "Hi, could your experience get any worse?" Turns out it can. You can lend <laughs> some paintings and then you wonder where they are for, you know, the entire summer when the world shuts down and you're like, you send an email two months ago that says, hi, I would like to pick up my shit, please. No one responds. Um, and then they respond, hi, we're closing, so we need you to get your shit. And I'm like, okay, great. Is it gonna? Where can I get it? Is it going to be in Midtown? Where, what am I doing? They're like, uh, are you going to Midtown? We can leave it there, or uh, you can pick it up in Williamsburg. I'm like, great, Williamsburg's lovely. It'll be a quick five-minute drive from there to Maspeth. Done, great. I go to this Quick place. interjection. Number one lesson, never let other people move your art. <sighs> never also don't consign anything without like a fucking agreement about like its condition. I mean, I, we're still in email contact because one painting is missing, so uh once that's concluded and if I meet this person face to face, I'll be like, "Listen, so the condition I lent it to you is not what I got it back in because, dear reader, I go to pick it up Two paintings are leaning on a very big painting, smack in the middle of it, not on the crossbars, just like sagging into it. And I go, oh, and then only when I pick up the fucker to move it outside to vehicle, it's also unwrapped, not cardboarded, which is the way it went. It was cardboarded. It was slipcased. That's how it went to Midtown, right? Ooh, yeah. It was. I hand carried it in a slipcase on the train to Midtown. So... I'm already like pissed because I'm like there was so much work to make it whatever. So I get it back and then I notice gouges out of very dark green paint, sides scratched to shit on one painting, and then I, okay, I'm like, well, it's already fucked. Let's just cram it in the car. We'll deal with this. I'll fix it when I 
get it to studio. It won't be hard to repaint. It's just annoying. And then I get the next one and I go, huh, huh. Well, looks like this edge was dragged on concrete for three days. I don't even know. And it's a light pale purple, which can't cover deep, dusty scratches. And then the Is other that one. that Mel Gibson movie was about? Dragged across concrete? <sighs> no. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. And then the last one just looked like someone like threw like tissue paper on it, like wet tissue paper on it, and then ripped it off after it dried. So now it's just fucked. And it's flash. And I'm like, well, I can fix that, but so annoying. But to get like things that you liked that were ostensibly not bothered for a very long time, and then they were just like treated like shit, I was like, I'm going to fucking... And, like, the person I picked it up from, I don't think it was his fault, but he's the one who also transported him. I'm like, don't you know better about how to transport art objects as someone who runs a fabrication and temporary art space who wanted to, like, pitch this, like, three-month residency to me that you pay for right, well, for their upstairs attic? And I was like, I'm going to slap you, sir. I don't care. As you said, I, 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 I really don't think it was – I don't think it's very likely that it was that guy's fault. What it sounds like is when um, these paintings were up and then taken down and then coronavirus hit, some fucking security guard at that building was responsible for decommissioning the building for a few weeks and had to go around and take care of all this stuff, and they don't know what they're doing. So they just took paintings down unwrapped, at best threw them in a C-bin, but probably honestly just like chucked them somewhere in a basement like it sounds like they got damaged before they were ever moved that that's what it looked like anyway i think so when i got the thing oh we're closing this space i know they had a bunch of furniture and move they probably just hired furniture movers to throw all the shit together but then i saw this other thing that had plastic shrink wrap around it so i was like so why did that get some kind of coverage and these things were just like chucked in a bin which Again, this is why we know better. We don't loan things without consignment agreements. I'm dumb for that. Actually, did I send them one? I might have actually done this. Well, you might, might have, but the, I think the bottom line is it's not really a question of the consignment agreement or not. It's just that you're dealing with a space that doesn't deal with art, really. I mean, they yeah. cl- they claim to, but like, mm, you know, like you said, they're getting movers involved or other third parties. Like, there's no way of holding anybody responsible really no but it doesn't forgive the damage or but anything. kind of it's yeah. just that there's no what can you do this was a very informal situation is what i'm getting at it yeah. wasn't like a gallery or something if this had happened no, at a fucking but... gallery you'd be getting an insurance check for god's sake like will you oh, should post yeah. this on instagram because the damage is severe it's not you know i don't know is. if it's yeah. been clear in our conversation but um well, you posted it on your personal Instagram, but maybe for the episode you can post it on the GNL one. But it's egregious. It's beyond the pale. Like, I don't even understand how it happened. I don't either. That's why I'm like, how did this in the middle of the thing get a gouge of three layers of paint down to the gesso? I was like, no. How'd you do that? I don't even understand. Like, you had to scrape it with an, like, that's why I'm like, did you scrape, did you drop it on something? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, no, exactly. You're right. You, you would have had to scrape it against something metal to make that damage happen. Like, you you posted another one that was, like, some scuffing around the edges of a painting, which was also really yeah. severe and unacceptable, but it's like, you know, edges of painting gets, you can fix it, gets yeah. scuffed, and, like, you can fix that. And also, like, even in the worst-case scenario, like, it's sort of forgivable, like, accidents happen. But the paintings that you posted where there was damage in the middle of them that were scratches, like you're describing, I mean, I don't understand that. That seems impossible. I don't know. You, you'd have to be so negligent. It makes no sense. That's the part, yeah. That's the part that I'm... I, 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 what I'm, I don't know how to angle it into some kind of compensation, but I, I feel like I'm like, what can I do? And I don't know. I don't think there anything is to do except to shame the person that is, like, giving me my shit back. But also, she's not getting paid enough to give a fuck. Like, I don't know. 
No, like they don't the care. That... I mean, I, I really, I really don't think that there is much you can do. I mean, the only leverage that you have is that it was sort of a big company or a third party to a big company that was doing this. So maybe if you made enough of a fuss, they would make you want to go away. But what you're talking about at that point is weeks or months of keeping this up. Yeah. Uh, which or I think you should or litigious best which. Well, you don't have you can't do that. I mean, what are no. you going to do? Hire a fucking Saul Goodman? <laughs> no, I mean like they would be like, "No, you can't keep asking us for things, please." Stop. It's a real estate company though. I'm like, "You guys have money. I don't know what to tell you. Like you you do have it." But like they had the gall of being like, "Oh, you you guys can pick it." Like it was like a BCC to everyone who lent stuff. Like, "You can pick it up or if you want to loan it to us or donate it to our spaces in New Jersey." I was like, "Excuse me?" Why would I give you anything? Especially now, I'm like, oh, so my shit would be all fucked up, and you guys would be like, now it's an asset. It's like, th- what? Uh, like this is maybe part of a. Let's transition maybe into a, b- a bigger conversation about like what is the care we take with these with artistic objects? Like, is it just a matter of like, well, they were posters? It's like, well, they weren't. They're they're paintings. They're, you know. Well, I I like, think we according just to. I think according to the company you were talking to, they are basically posters. Like when they're asking for donations, you're talking about a level of artists that on some level isn't real. Like that's not to denigrate you or anybody, but there is this like level of, uh, I don't know, hobbyist or artist that shows things like merely for exposure, that it's just sort of like a thing that they do. And like any, you know, any place you can be exhibited, whether it's a hallway or a gallery is on like the same, uh, the same level or degree of acceptability. And I think you're thinking about it differently from the people that you're interacting with or the people that they are used to dealing with. Yeah, and I mean my I mean it's partially my fault for being like, yeah, I mean I shouldn't have done it, period. Um but my thought was I'm poor and this is a building of rich motherfuckers, someone will buy this. Wrong. Just wrong. Fully wrong. So stupid. Shouldn't have gotten my hopes up of like, well, I don't care. Someone will uh, give me 800 dollars, please. Like the desperation warps your brain of like, this will be something and it's like, no, you know better that that's nothing and you're fucking yourself, but well, I don't think I was you poor. I don't think the answer was not to do it. I think it was a fine thing to do. I think the uh extenuating circumstance of COVID kind of fucked everything up. I think it would have been a more seamless transaction and probably this damage wouldn't have happened if it had just been the initial period you subscribed to and then you went and picked it up or whatever. Um I, I don't know. I think a lot of things have happened this year where things just got lost in translation. And the other thing is, I mean as far as somebody buying the work, like you have to remember, maybe this is a reason not to have done it in the first place, but you have to remember that like the type of people, the type of moneyed people that work in an office building, they don't have any taste. So yeah, they're probably more likely to buy like a photograph of an olive tree on plexiglass than they are to buy like an actual painting by somebody that's good at painting. Why you got to talk shit like, on Ori Gersh? Jesus Christ. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> that's some that is someone's work <laughs> that's yeah yeah thing. no i know <laughs> damn no but you know what i mean like th- the type of people that work in an office building yes they are moneyed but like they literally buy their artwork from marshalls yeah, the last I, thing that yeah. like bourgeois people ever consider in their living situation is like what goes on the wall it's like a live laugh love poster it's not a actually good painting in fact i think that stuff is kind of intimidating to people like that where like it seems sort of bizarre to have something that's not a simulacrum in your living space like it would be intrusive in some way or just too alien yeah and this is i actually we were talking uh you know rico we're talking about this like just like like is it possible like to be a snob and i'm like well it just depends on what like if you care about aesthetics and uh, to a certain extent or you know if you think about visual culture in any way like that's not something that yeah that's not something that a lot of people think about and it, it just happens to be a, p- a particular set of skills to use the, the Liam Neeson of it all like you know like 
it, it's intimidating and people feel can feel less than when you're talking as an expert in a niche thing. So people do have the fear and they, they're like, oh, well, you're just a snob. And it's like, no, I just actually like this is a focus. Oh, God. Hold on. It keeps going to the thing. Um, the screensaver. Like it just happens to be like a niche expertise of mine. Like, you know, if you have like a wine collection or something, it's like that doesn't make you any better or you know, have more taste or less taste than someone who likes, you know, uh, lining Kugel Shandy. It's just that you have a particular niche thing that you know a lot about. And it's like, you know, it's how you make that knowledge accessible to people that can, you know, be off-putting or not. But it's no better, like, the thing in and of itself is no better or worse. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. the, The communication gap is the hard thing. As you just said, I think for whatever reason, like um, conventional art, especially painting, like stuff on the wall, that intimidates people more than anything else. Like the most pedestrian person can get into wine or get into food. I think it might be something about like the tactile nature of actually experiencing it like in a primary way. It's in your mouth. It's sort of like part of your social existence with other people that like art on your wall isn't. And so even like a work on canvas that is um, unique, that is not a G clay print or is not some sort of, you know, mass produced like commodity. um, I don't know. I think people just feel like, I think middle brow people feel inherently alienated by that. Maybe. Like the object itself kind of does it. It's not the connoisseurship around it, as you were describing. Maybe it has something to do with the access of that, but I think like the object itself is is um, out of place in the rest of their environment. Like I, I like I'm yeah. I'm experiencing that a little bit here at my dad's house because he has like old work of mine that I think is terrible, and yeah. I'm sort of like, hey, would you like like a real painting there instead of like a shitty one? But to him, like just it being a work on canvas from 15 years ago is already weird enough. He's like, what's the difference between these two things? Yeah. You know, it, it, the, the, well, it the difference in quality like isn't really fridge. perceptible. Sorry, say that again. Yeah. It's, it's almost to him. It's like that, you know, it's the same thing as a drawing you did as a kid that gets put on the fridge. It's like, Oh, it's a, a thing of pride, but it's not a thing of, of uh, cultural or aesthetic value. So like, exactly. here's a, for example, Here's a for example. So every every Christmas we do the white elephant fuckery. If if I'm there, whatever we do that. Um, and my cousin is a photographer who will take like <laughs> air quotes high re- Yeah, well, they're they're fine. Fo- like they're astute. Like they're astute. Like I, you know, I was like, oh, you know what? Like you are a good like nature photographer. But he'll do these like over filtered pictures of like the rock hall or like the sky. You know, things that I'm like. Ooh, too many filters. You need to put the Photoshop down. Please stop. But, you know, everyone, like, steals it from each other and, like, argues over who's going to get it. And I'm like, okay, so here's the thing. It's actually, like, aesthetically used, like, in terms of, like, this is where I can be snobby and be like, hmm. It, on its, uh, as a thing, it's well done. It's a well-made thing. Does it do anything in the world? No. No, it's a postcard. It's a postcard that's big. I mean, that's it. But I'm not gonna shit it, shit on it, and be like, "Well, that's trash." I'll be like, "No, that's really, that's you know, very well composed. Like the lighting's really great." Um, but you know, like I'm not gonna be like, "Well, what does it propose to the world in terms of photography and the way that images are captured?" Like, I'm not gonna get into that fucking conversation because they'll be like, "Why are you being a dick?" I'll be like, "Because you guys." think i'm a crazy person for doing what i do and you're like uh, creaming your jeans for like this so i don't know yeah i mean this is an avant-garde and kitsch conversation essentially right oh yeah i mean yeah i mean that's basically what we're talking about it's just that it's just that because i think of technological innovation like more people have access to being able to make kitsch than they've ever been able to do before so when you get into this idea of like people um being technically competent but not conceptually anything um that's what most people are comfortable with that's that's kind of what i meant before 
as far as like a, a unique object, especially a painting or something being alienating in like a simulacra, uh, uh, I don't know, a simulacra like defined environment. Um, the landscape painting that's uh, the rather the landscape photo that's well composed and taken, but with too many filters on it still fits into that environment and still fits into that conversation. Yeah. But the critical lens, the like meta zoom out on that, it doesn't, that doesn't fit into the environment. Yeah. It, it becomes a thing of like, like the thing, you know, pointing at me, the thing that you do is something that I find challenging or confusing. Cause I don't get it in the, again, in the air quotes, it's like, well, I'm like, well, walk, walk me through that because we can talk about what you do get. And most of that is probably the core of it, to be fair. Like, you know, not making fucking like I'm not making a Josh Klein. Right. Like you don't need to know about like Bitcoin and certain dark web machinations to understand like, you know, what, what I'm making. It's really not that hard. Um, but you know, it's not the same thing of going like, Oh, my nephew made this and it's pretty and I'm proud. Right. Like that's just a right. triad of understanding. That's very easy. And that's all you need to think about it. Period. You're not thinking any in any more levels about anything depicted or uh, the culture at large. It just is those three things, and it is a nice thing on a the fridge that is your house. Yes. Because it's designed to be walked past and not dealt with. Yeah, and no one likes to live with things that you have to deal with. Of course. I mean, that makes a lot of sense just on a on a intuitive level right like I, I do completely understand that impulse um on some level i do i mean i understand it i don't like it that that's the mental space that people are at where they're like mm, that's a thing but also like this is why we have murakami i mean like oh we have the thing and it's a sun like not sunflower a big daisy with a smiley face and you're like "Ooh, collectors are kitschy i mean maybe this was also a thing like this is Stella in the 70s for collectors they're like I don't know it's bright and brassy well I think that I think that like high level art collectors have their own version of this which is why everybody makes fun of cause right you I mean the Murak the Murakami example is like along the same lines maybe Stella in the 70s it's was the cause, same thing yeah. for yeah. that generation but sure I mean they don't want to deal with things either but their their level of being able to deal with things is uh several notches higher than your or I's family right yeah I mean we don't have anyone who's going to like like that guy in uh, the price of everything who's like yeah uh you know my family escaped concentration camps, but I got this, uh, you know, this praying Hitler over here because it's funny to me. Like, you know, that yeah. level of sophisticated kitsch appreciation is not there. Well, and Which it's funny you, the way it's funny the way that that's played in that documentary, because really what what that guy is, is just the ultimate capitalist. I mean, they, they spend a lot of time like fixating on that certain collector and basically how he's just in it for the money that he's willing to collect whatever as long as its value goes up. And then they have that sort of tender moment with him about the Holocaust and the Maurizio Catalan piece when it's really like, wait, now we're supposed to believe that you actually think this is funny or that you care about this on a conceptual level? Like, maybe that's a sort of a side effect of you collecting in the meantime, but really it's just you're watching your Robinhood account go up. Well, he he has two things. So there's like the the pieces that are like, you know, horses for trading and then horses for legacy because you yeah, know his right. list like the collection that gets donated to aic art institute of chicago is like a separate thing that doesn't get horse traded period or if he horse trades it he's like this is actually a really good one i have several by the same person so they get one and then the rest of my collection goes up so then maybe it can be on that same level etc cetera, etc cetera. like you know but you know there is a difference between horse trade art and then wanted kept things maybe yeah i mean i in guess that case, but just in barely. that case i, I mean yeah 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 I, I no i i follow you but what did you catch COVID already in ohio in the red zone coughing uh no sorry i uh i'm feeling a little drunk because i haven't i haven't really been drinking since i've been here 
mm-hmm. and I made a martini to start the podcast, and then I had one in the shaker. No. And I'm about halfway through that second one, and I'm feeling a little uh, turnt right now. <laughs> That's why martinis are bad. They're bad for communication because it just gets... Well, yeah, I'm, no, I'm slowing bad. my roll, but I am really thinking about ending the podcast so I can go take my dad's Glock and shoot it in the backyard, maybe. Okay, no, no, <laughs> no. This is why you can't have those things. No, absolutely not. No, I'm you kidding. Cannot have I, things that go boom. I'm sorry. I'm I, maybe it's the zoom. Maybe it's just the nature of uh, I don't know our distance setup. But I'm feeling a little bit opposite to you right now, where I'm having a hard time paying attention to the serious conversation. Okay. <laughs> well, we can pivot. <laughs> this is a very sloppy way to pivot to a different conversation. I mean, uh, there. Oh, fuck. Well, well, no. Cool. I mean, we fill we, some we air while I look co- for some. We can try to close that one off. I mean, I think we had an interesting thread going between like sort of high level collectors and like where their taste actually lies and where maybe like um, middle brow or kitsch taste share some similarities. But I don't know. I can't connect the dots. It's it's I don't want to say it's well trod territory, but it's territory that's like it's known and it's quantified and who cares because it's like a stratosphere of things that I'm like, whatever about. Well, you know, I'm whatever about it too, but I don't think it is very clear. I think one of the reasons it might've come up organically out of the conversation around your damaged work and the situation that that was in is just that, I don't know, the terrain of avant-garde and kitsch has shifted, but nobody talks about it in those terms anymore. I think that's why it's an interesting kind of conversation to have, but, um, I don't know. I, d- I can't deliver. Well, because what are the you know, because conditions really the, have because conditions have changed. Like when when Greenberg was writing that essay in like the 30s or 40s, like he was really talking about like a peasant level type of kitsch. Just you know, industrial production kicks in, and you can make like icons of Jesus uh, printed on Luan or whatever, and that's what he meant. Matryoshka dolls, but I think, yeah. Yeah, but I think kitsch has changed in this day and age because people are able to produce it on an individual level rather than, like, on an industrial level. Um, And people's tastes have changed around it because the class designation isn't as clear. Like, you know, like, the photo on plexiglass is, to me, is the quintessential example of kitsch. But there's also high art versions of that. Uh, Well, just because... Because, like we said before, like it's the thing that's meant to be passed by. It's like slick enough to pass it pass as if you have taste, but the image doesn't have to have content. So, like the industrial component remains. The techniques have gotten better and slicker, and they look nice on a wall uh, adjacent to your kitchen or your bathroom or it whatever. It looks expansive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but those means have just become easier to access so i think it's more confusing on some level for middle or lower class people to access like conceptual art um, because all of the veneer of conceptual art is accessible to everybody huh on a technical level whereas yeah, before I that i don't yeah. i don't think that was necessarily i don't think that was necessarily true like you would have a kitsch object in the form of a quilt or something but there was a really one-to-one connection between the class that made it and the class that consumed it, and but I don't think that's a kitsch. Well, a quilt it could is be. the and uh, if it was mass-produced, but typically all those like home, like a homespun good is artisanal in, in a way closer to actual art, where it is like something that is a little more cared for in its production in a way that makes sense. I sent you a picture of uh, the next topic. Um, which is terrible internet videos. Um, but oh, to get to the point, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, no, but I think, like, when I think of quilts, like, even, like, when we were in Vermont and there was that, like, turquoise blue and purple, I was like, that is fucking gorgeous. And, that, like, there's so much intent even in the choosing of the fabrics that you're like, you waited to find the right thing to do this. Like, you know, like, it's 
it becomes closer to collage, like a collo- collage of home home goods, not the store, but like eh, maybe it was at the store, whatever. But it just gets closer to something with more intent versus something that needs to be pro- that uh, can be produced, but it it gets closer to something that needs to be produced for whoever's making it, which takes it out of the realm of kitsch. Yeah, that's a fair point. I get I get what you mean. Yes. The the uh, plexiglass photo of an over-filtered landscape doesn't need to be produced. It just seems like it needed to be produced because the means were there. Whereas the person waiting for the correct fabric to like finish their quilt is actually doing something with intention. Yeah. 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 Like having the ability or the option to have something be done is not, you know, not necessarily the same as, you know like waiting i don't know i mean because uh, you know like i i love ordering shit to be fabricated but i know that that's kitsch is the element that I, is the intriguing part but like i don't know like printing something on Sintra just because it's a nice looking a slick looking thing because i can for shits and giggles it's like why you know right well you're you're playing with irony when you're delving into like mass-produced objects which is always the avenue that conceptual artists take when it comes to kitsch or like mass production. The only People don't way like irony. Well, but yes, they do. I mean, especially I mean, American culture is so oversaturated with irony. Of course. Yeah, but I don't know. It feels like. I get the sense that people don't like things that are in that handmade category to have irony attached. They're like, oh, it must be so earnest. And you're like, no, it's a fucking joke. What are you talking about? Like that, well, yeah, that's I still mean, off-putting to people. I think a lot of I think a lot of artists and esthetes get it really twisted where they think because something has the hallmarks of earnestness all over it that it isn't ironic. But I just think that's a question of them not not being active in their own intentions. I think a lot of people make earnest looking art that is either just simulation or accidental irony. Yeah, tripping into irony is a terrible way to go about anything. That's that's alarming in a certain regard where you're just like, "Oops, I did this." And you're like, did you plan on that? Because I don't know if you know what that means. I don't, I'm not sure. I Because this is really good, but I, I think you know not what you do. Well, I'm not even sure that anybody ever makes these type of artists aware that they're doing something ironic. I don't even think that their community interprets these things as ironic. Maybe they're not ironic at all. It's just that... How can you be earnest about a brushstroke, right? And you know what I mean. There's painters all over Instagram that are just earnest about their landscape paintings or earnest about their hand or whatever. And that can't be. I mean, you can continue to put to put that up as sort of like a, f- a front for what you're doing. But at the same time, you're posting it on Instagram and that's most of the means of your distribution and like presentation. So there's no way that the hand means that much to you because m- most people see it in a alienated, uh, distanced, Flat. yeah, way. So I don't know. Like you, you can you can cling to your intention to be earnest all you want, but it ends up becoming something else. But those are also the people. Any when you see a certain kind of smushiness online, those are the people with like two hundred thousand followers with like shitloads of likes, and you're like, how? How? I, I, like, uh, like if you think about like, you know, not to like shit on the Instagram followers, but when you followed a bunch of people like who were, you know, if you like X person, you might be this person and it's all just schlocky as fuck. And then you look at it and you're like, how is this a thing that people are very invested in? Or even invested enough to just go boop, pop that little heart on. It's like, I, I guess this is there's earnestness there but i don't know why or what for and i don't know if that's just like naivete or something else but i don't know well i don't really have a point with that but i think what these painters are actually producing are instagram posts not paintings 
Oh, that works. Yeah. Like, so it's th- no th- there than, happen like, a to be paintings tutorial. required to make the post, but really what you're doing is posting. You're not painting. Yeah. If you were painting, it wouldn't translate into post. Therefore, it wouldn't get as many likes. Um, yeah. So all all of this, like, sort of posturing about how much earnestness there is behind it or how much hand there is involved or how much intuition involved there is, is just a well that's just the the caption what you're really making is a flattened out post at the end of the day you know i i don't know maybe i i want to offer the idea that maybe i'm just cynical about all of this but i also don't think that means that i'm wrong like i don't care Uh. what they say they're doing i think you can tell from the outside what is actually happening which is you're making yeah, Instagram I think that's posts. Though. I think that's the thing. I mean, there is someone who makes these uh, installations, uh, but it's just the same, like, um, uh, like Zwerner Corner. And it's like, oh, my whole practice is making Instagram installations that look like Core Steel in arrangements, but it's all just Photoshop. And you're like, that's a very flimsy structure to hang a hat on. But you do you, German man. I don't know what to tell you. This is terrible, but, like, sure this is actually actually you know what i take that back it's great to teach undergrads that you can think about space like virtually but like um is this is not a practice this is an exercise for you to get likes or something i don't i I don't understand your pathology for making this but it doesn't do anything yeah i don't know Well, well things like that just make me um feel very retrograde they just make me feel uh part of an older world that doesn't really exist anymore yeah, because maybe. I can be cynical all day about like exercises like that or about painters on Instagram that are ultimately making posts, not paintings, but uh, they probably communicate more clearly to more people because I don't think that younger generations like even really understand the distinction. Um, yeah, it's maybe hmm. it's not even relevant anymore. I don't know. Who knows? I'm just I, not. I sh- mean. I'm just not like like circling back to the original criticism, which is just that, you know, you're talking about your family members plexiglass photo and you can talk all day about how well composed it is. But when you bring up a meta conversation about, well, what is this really saying about the act of photography today? Um, I have the same criticism of popular people on Instagram. Well, what does this actually say about painting today? And I think maybe it does say something, which is that it doesn't exist. It exists to make posts, not to uh, communicate effectively to a viewer on an emotional level. But my feeling of loss for the emotion around painting uh, is maybe just something that's gone. I don't know. I don't think so. There are still people who are like, "Mm, I'm in it to like who are down for it, but then they're also the best self promoter. So in the end, like it's this, uh, uh, Ouroboros of shit where it's like, um, no, I care so much about all of this, but like, I'm just going to share my process with you the whole time. And it's like, do you understand that you're flattening out the whole program of your thought with this one process of promotion, which you need in order to keep it going? But also no, like I, there was someone we went to, hmm, undergrad with who uh did lots of paintings of animals in dark smoky you remember this correct yeah so this was also at the time when you gallery was like the starting like it was like a proto uh uh, what what would be the concurrent like an etsy or not etsy like an artsy where it's like we post things and then you buy them and then it ships from artist studios directly um which we all were like, that's a scam. This is just a scam. Um, but I remember <laughs> a, a piece got returned because, A, it smelled like clove cigarettes and was painted so badly that the person was like, this is not what I saw the image of. Fuck this. Take this away. I'm not <laughs> keeping this. Give me my fucking money back. And, of course, Homegirl already spent it on, like, piercings and a terrible haircut. But... And so a lot it goes. Of triple cheeseburgers at Wendy's. Okay, well, <laughs> that was unnecessary, but yeah. Call know. back to Ham Planet. 
Jupiter. Or what did you um, say, Ham Galaxy? Yes. I, the, uh, well, yeah, <laughs> same weight class. I don't know how. I don't know who would win that fight, but um, yeah, it, it. That's where it, you know when keeping it real goes wrong or whatever, where like you are misrepresenting your entire program with the imaging of it all. So who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think people are misrepresenting themselves. What's weird to me is the complete collapse of um I don't know, wanting to make wanting to make singular objects that are communicative and then wanting to make a sort of virtual social environment that projects a certain image. Like that's really two different things and I don't think a lot of artists are aware to the degree that they collapse them. Well, it, not everyone can understand the Jamian of it all who's like, yeah, the painting that I post is exactly the same thing as real life. So, like, I don't know what to tell you. These are the same things, and I make them to have the same effect. And the flattening of the virtual and the real is actually the point. Whether or not that's her point, that is the point. Well, and the schizophrenia of the narrative within the paintings versus, like, you know, her persona and... No, nothing about the way that Jamie presents herself uh, or her work seems in conflict to me. Yeah, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Yeah, there's no, for lack of a better word, there is no conflict between the two. It's like the virtual, the real. It's all the same thing. Like, right. and if you and if you think too hard about it, you're you're fucking, you know she would say a certain R word and I would be like, Oh girl, no. Um, but that would, yeah, you're you know, a reader. That's the point. Okay. There you go. Anyway, that would be that, that is her point, but you know, I don't uh, know. well, anyway, we, we can kind of wrap up this episode if you want to, where are we at? One Oh nine. I don't, I don't know how to look at the time on the, uh, record is that bad just well, that's okay you probably you t- mm. oh geez did you not record tw- your end no i did it just says t- uh 2035 bars and i'm like i have not been rapping there are no bars that i've been spitting what is this oh you need you need to make it uh go from bars to time you see that little arrow next to the bars to the right of it uh-huh Click it. It doesn't. You'll do get anything. a drop-down menu, and then you can say time. Oh, if I click the. Oh, nope. It. Nope. No. No. It's just rolling. It's just doing that. Well, just let it roll. We we, we oh, can sign off. Oh, I see it. Okay, there we yeah, go. You oh, see there we go. Yeah, we're at one oh eight forty. Okay, got it. Yeah, there you go. Technology. Yeah. I mean, the metronome was slapping when I started recording, and I went absolutely not. No, no, we're not doing this. Yeah, no, that shit sucks. That would be bad. Um, do you want to sign off the Green Lewis episode, but stay on the call, perhaps? Yeah, we can do that because I also have to desperately pee. So okay, uh, well, let's say goodbye to the audience. Bye, audience. Bye. Will's gonna pee.